On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we've got Rube Goldberg machines of death. The best relationship that never was. And in our timeline, Celine Dion isn't a destitute lounge singer in Quebec. But Netflix, please make that a show. Let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. And I'm Liz. And this week we're talking season six, episode 17, My Heart Will Go On. Just when I start getting that fucking song out of my head. <laughs> that is like one of my main problems with this episode is that rewatching it, talking about it, writing about it, whatever, just makes the fucking Celine Dion get stuck in my goddamn head. Ah, destitute lounge singer in Quebec. Oh <sighs> so, how was your week? What's going on? Yeah, um, pretty good. I got to go see some fabulous R and B music with the Longhorn Ballroom players at the Longhorn Ballroom in Dallas. And then, um, what else this weekend? Oh, um, I had I went to a fun graduation party for two young ladies that graduated from high school. That's adorable. That I, that I used to help tutor, so it was cute. And then I went and saw um, Swingin' Utters, Sam I Am, and Bouncing Souls. <sighs> I had a punk rock show in my pocket. I had to do it. I'm very jealous. Very jealous. I love I love all those bands, but I will be seeing one of them in a couple of days. I'm going to tell you the one that uh, out of the three, no, don't, this is not a knock on Bouncing Souls because Bouncing Souls are Bouncing They're Souls always are great right. and they're always good. And I, but I've seen them like, Sam, I am. Really? Killed. Oh, that's cool. So good. And like, I just, I just really like, the, I like their style. They, they are a little quote unquote emo-y for some people, but uh, they're just so good. good too. And the singer is just amazing. So, um, and I have a new album I need to go check out because I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm excited to hear it now. So there we go. That's, that's my, cool. that's me. How about you? Uh, well, as we talked about last week, if you listened yes. to last week's episode, what the fuck is wrong with you? But so uh, last weekend was the psychic fair at Victoria's Black Swan Inn. And that was put on by the Curious Twins. There were a number of speakers, including Austin Seance. Hey, go find me on their Insta. I look all cute mm-hmm. with my new little talking board I got for being a, for being a fangirl of theirs, and they're all cute. Yeah, that's right. I said it. That's good. They're they're really <laughs> nice guys, and so the vendors were great. Uh, I met these podcasters called the Paranormal Putas, which if 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 y'all I, you don't know what that means, well, whatever. Um, but these girls, like, they're fucking awesome. They're sisters, and they do like paranormal investigations. They talk about the legends and lores around Texas, but. They also do like rewatches of Ghost Hunters and objectify and make fun of Zach Bagans. And I'm here for that. 
That's funny. Diana cursed me to to burp. Uh, so oh. this place is it's really cool. Uh, look it up. There's a whole bunch of history and stuff about the place. It's on you know across it, like where Salado Creek crosses with Wallsend Creek in San Antonio. And so Salado Creek, everyone says, is like the highway like of early Texas. So uh, indigenous people, and then up to like when the lands were settled, you know, would just like go up and down there. So. But because this is where the creeks crossed and like there was a lot of like spiritualism and magic that were like done like has been there for a long time right and so utsa which is one of the universities there like has done some excavation on the land and found out that it's a fucking like burial ground like this oh. shit like you see like in poltergeist we, we've talked about on this show about whether or not like these you know burial mounds are actually cursed and there's never been anything but it's like you know it does make you feel like extra spooky right and like but also just really neat right you know the battle of salado was there that there's just a fun bunch of texas history that happened on this place then plus like on top of that then you have this cool house that was really like built up by women and then like is still owned by a woman so there's just like kind of this nice feminine energy and then there's all these like shops and shit and like supposedly like the entire place is haunted and some stuff did happen over the weekend while i was there like but not to me so I don't know. I went and sat mm. in like the little psycho man team. I don't remember what the thing is called, but there's like a closet and it's spooky and they put mirrors in there and <laughs> like you go sit in the spooky closet and then like, I guess you can go into like a vortex or I don't know what would happen if you put a cat in there. But uh, like I get, I did get to see a bunch of little young lads go in there, like teenagers who like thought they were all like tough. And then I liked watching like these young teenage boys be scared. It was kind of funny. Uh, but these other teenagers, teenagers who were like kids like they were like their parents were there and they were there with their parents but they were these goth kids and they had goth parents and loved yes. them um they said my hair was cool so nice. i feel as a middle-aged woman that i have made like teenagers said my hair was cool that's like a level up right like, there's, a th- there's something to that i'm like psh, 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 psh. right that's right i'm so hip whatever and the yeah. other thing that happened to be there though and I, I told diana she had to wait to find out about this and i was like send her a picture of this card and i mm-hmm. was like i will tell you what this means later and I, I left the card at my mom's house or i've lost it already but um so in one of the stores that was on the property they had uh it's kind of like a vintage witchy store it was, it was really like nice like positive energy in there which was really cool and i bought a trinket for a friend and the uh, woman who owned the shop was like oh I had all the customers this weekend you get to draw a card from the goddess oracle so she has this big old like bowl full of like cards right so I reach my reach in I pull my card out and it's a Sheila Nagig and Diana like I don't remember if you remember the picture that I sent you so Basically, the picture on this card is like, you know, a crone. Picture a crone Mm -hmm. and she's naked and her breasts are kind of droopy and her just vagina is just being spread open by her hands and just like, yeah, stuff is coming out of it. And it is definitely wide open. It is a, a wide open vulva. And, you know, so I'm in the store going, hello, wide open vulva. And she has the book and she's like, okay, so you can read what's in the book. And then, you know, 
take a picture of it so you have it at home, which is good because I can't find this book online anywhere to steal it from. So I had to use like my pictures that I actually took of my camera. So, but the first thing you see on the opening is, so this is the card that's supposed to be about my life that's upcoming, right? And it says opening. I flash my vulva for all to see. I'm like, what? Excuse me? Liz. <laughs> I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing what? And I'm like, okay. So just like, and then it says, I stretch it wide. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh. Just, just escaping. Just like right there. Right there. Right there. And, all there. and then through that, you know, the gateway that all, the gateway that all comes through the passageway to life. I say, come through my doorway, open yourself to what is. If you have something important, show it so everyone can see. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what's really cool is, so I I am a curious person. I need to know more about, like, what was just in the book and other things. So Sheila and Giggs really were these figurative carvings of naked women displaying an exaggerated vulva. And they're pretty fucking rag. Like, that rag. Rad. Was rad is what I meant. Um, so, but basically, you know how you see gargoyles on buildings, yeah. like, and there, you know, you'll see, or other, like, sometimes there'll be, like, the ugly dude or, like, you know, other things on a bunch of buildings and started in 11th, the 11th century in France and Spain. Uh, you started seeing these women on the sides of these buildings, and but they typically kind of look more like that earth goddess that you, like, you know, and every time, like, you had to have your archaeology class, like your intro to things. They're like, this is like the earth goddess we found from 7,000 BC. And it's just like kind of a woman with like a weird shape or whatever. And then like a giant pussy. Like that's pretty much what these things are. But they're just like all over buildings and they're really cool. And so uh, right now, Ireland has the greatest number of the surviving numbers of these. Um, hmm. There's 101, exa 101 examples in Ireland and 45 examples in Britain dot like associated with fertility goddesses because hello yeah. she her vag is you know, wide open um and then of course like a lot of like, protection against evil that type of things just like hey like we've got this cool goddess on here you know this is what we put in our building but then the church of course is like oh no these are warnings against lust because you know patriarchy whatever uh so but the card according to the book it says sheila nagik she grins at you provocatively and invites you to join her in her opening. Now is the time to open to new experiences, people, places, and things. Now is the time to begin new projects, forge new directions, venture out boldly. The universe invites you to come out and play. Hopefully, like in a warrior's voice, it's just like, come out and play. play. Yeah, and it's like, perhaps you've had, this is where it gets a little weird, but you know, I love the shit. So perhaps you've had to contract your energy to deal with the wounding, a grieving, and ending. Uh, or you haven't felt it was safe to open up. You may have needed a time of seclusion, for sorting out and focusing inward. And she mm -hmm. is here to remind me that a period of contraction is followed by expansion and opening. It is time to nurture wholeness by interpreting what the stretching and expanding and opening will bring. So that's what my card meant. Wow. Yeah, that was a lot. That is a lot. Liz, yeah. You, you can take that in hmm. so many ways. Lots of ways. So many ways. 
I mean, there, though, you know, I guess if you want to talk about it being like the stuff like about expanding your horizons and doing new things, you've got some fun stuff on the horizon. For I do. Like, you know, there's spinning. a lot of life changes that are happening again because I always have life changes. But mm. and, you know, death, there's definitely been like grief and all sorts of stuff. So like it's a it's an apt card. But, you know, that's why I love these cards. So they could all apply to you in some way. But or it just means that I'm just going to stretch my vulva out wide and just let all the world in. Just let it in. That's, so welcome to my new OnlyFans. <laughs> and with that are we ready to talk about this episode yes let's do it (laughs) all right so uh as i said the title is my heart will go on this was season six episode 17 it first aired april 15th 2011 it was directed by phil scritchia and written by the wonderful comedy duo eric carmillo and nicole schneider so it was half white probably it's so funny it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, before we even jump in, I'm just going to say it. I think this is, was an incredibly fun episode and also a total bummer. But we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. But uh, so we just start off with the recap. Yes. Um, so we just start off with a recap um, and then we jump into Chester, Pennsylvania. Well, did you watch the or recap? Did you, did you did you see things in there that made you like a what? No, I missed it. You didn't watch it. See, my my Netflix was not happy with me this weekend. Okay, so if you like, if you watch the if you watch the recap, um, you Ellen and Joe pop up at it, and you're like, "What? They're dead? Why are you showing me them?" And then you have to watch the worm again, and I was really mad. I was like, "Why well, don't I don't want to see the worm twice? Like, I already had to earworm. watch it. No more earworm. No more earworm. I'm done with it. Mm. Okay, now we can go on too. So I did make Babe watch the scene, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a really good scene it's so good the direction on this fucking gold star chef's kiss all the things we are in chester pennsylvania and i don't know like there's a word for this and i should have looked up and i'm sorry i'm not prepared but there's a thing where it's like the the chain of events it's a rube things. goldberg that is how it is it's what it's called it's named after a dude who liked to make inventions and shit so it's called a rube goldberg and so yeah we used to do these in like when i was in like gt yeah these are the things they make smart kids do because they think that it's like oh look at the way you get to be creative and like i'm Mm -hmm. like but i never get to like actually like like if i could pinky in the brain it like where there's like an axe or something like that had like the consequence like or like mousetrap the game is kind of like that too no exactly that was fun so we've got and also, this also made me tell, tell Babe, I'm like, this is why you have to keep the garage clean. Um, so, it is true. Like, it was like, oh. He, the guy uses a, a two by four to prop the garage door open. Sir, fix your fucking garage door. It's not safe. Number two, he's hammering on a lawnmower blade. Yeah, I think we can tell this guy does not give a fuck about safety. <laughs> but apparently he's a maintenance guy. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, he's someone who deals with this. It's like my uncle who like let a tire on fire and was like, oh shit, I forgot to get something to put this tire out. I was just excited to light it on fire. Well, and it's like like when you when you know a guy who's a mechanic, but he starts his truck with a screwdriver yeah. because he doesn't feel like fixing his shit and it works. Anyway, they all so- do. They all do. They all <laughs> fucking like, that was after it. 
<laughs> so anyway, so his it's just like a really good series of events. His beer suddenly gets moved, and that's what triggers everything. He looks, he leans over, knocks over a jar of nails. Then he goes and it shatters, and he's got nails there. So he reaches for the broom, but when he grabs the broom, it knocks the skateboard, which rolls behind him. He trips backwards, and he falls almost face first into a pair of gardening shears, <laughs> which gave me the heebie-jeebies. By the way, because they would have gone in his eyeballs, and that's real gross. Um, but uh, as he's putting that back, a basket of balls fall over. He trips on the balls, very cartoon-esque. The ball hits a mouse trap, hit which flies across the room and hits the board, the two by four, which doesn't quite track physics-wise, but whatever. He hits the two by four out from the garage door, which decapitates him. Yep. And what's really funny is my next line of my notes say, this is clearly a Rube Goldberg machine. Look it up. I can't define everything for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, And my first comment, though, was (laughs) how did the beer move? Because we saw him put it down. Yeah, but the beer moved. There's even a wet wet ring on the on the on the. the workbench. Also, it was an amber ale, and I appreciate that. It was my that's my beer. So I was like, "Oh, you have my beer, sir." Ugh. So, we mean, ugh. That's what Shiner is. Like it's an amber. Yeah, ambers are delicious. I, drink much, I don't drink a lot of Shiner. Anyways, all right. So he did. He did. And he did. He is not. He is definitely. He dead. is definitely <laughs> most decidedly deceased. So we cut to Bobby's, and he is drinking a lot and researching. But and the house, like, looks nicer. Yeah. Like, it's so cleaner. Like, there's Less not musty. as... It's not as musty. I don't see as many dust bunnies hopping around. And Sam and Ian are just kind of watching him, and they rock, paper, scissors about confronting him. Because they've decided, and obviously this is accurate, he's depressed and drinking about it and researching because he had to kill fucking Rufus, right? He's sad <laughs> about Rufus. Sounds accurate. Last episode, yeah. Rufus did. And he killed him. And so he's got to figure out how to kill Eve. Quote, or should I say gank Eve? Mm-hmm. Because he's pissed that she did this. She made him do this. And apparently he has not slept for days. And they're trying to play it off. But like Bobby's like, nah, I'm pissed. I'm not. I'm not. I don't need your fucking help. I um, need to find out how to kill her. I'm not upset because that Rufus died. I knew Rufus was going to die from the day I met him. I just didn't know who was going to go first. Give me some Irish coffee. Because I'm going to keep drinking about it. Meh. All right. And also, like, I was like, but Bobby, like, you've got a giant thing of whiskey there. Why can't you make your own Irish coffee? Like, yeah, just bring the coffee. Just have the coffee and just pour it in. Then you don't have to have this yeah. thing about, like, that. Anyway, so now Dean is concerned about Bobby's liver. And I'm like, really, Dean? Like, you're concerned about Bobby's <laughs> liver? kettle? Yeah. <laughs> Pot kettle. Um, so, uh, there, Sam's like, well, why don't we find a job to do and we can get him out of the house with that? But he shows up and he's like, uh, nah, not interested. Y'all need to get the fuck out of my house. I want to be alone. Yeah. But Sam's like, we've got this case in Pennsylvania with three family members dead in a week, all in freaky ways. Mm. So Sam and and Dean go outside because they're going to leave. And they're talking about if they should wait for her to get there. So I guess there's some woman coming to hang out with bobby or check on him who is she who will be there soon (laughs) who's this but the biggest shocker in this scene is the vehicle that they enter which is 
a Mustang. Yeah, but I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's a Mustang, but they're at the they're at Bobby's place, so maybe like they just picked so up a new car. In the shop. Maybe baby's just in the it's shop. It's a loaner, right? Could be like, hey, yeah. like I found this new car here. Like that could be fun. Yeah. So it's an odd. I mean, he's got a lot of salvage there. So he's just gonna drive this black Mustang with copper racing stripes. They so they decide to leave, and then we cut back to Bobby, and who's there? Who arrives? Ellen? What? What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh my fucking god, it's Ellen. Yeah, and she's telling Bobby to stop drinking while well, with a shotgun in her hand. And she says that she's only been gone for a week because she's been out hunting with Joe. <gasps> what? What? Joe? What? Crazy talk. What is happening? And he, he, Bobby and her are having a nice exchange talking about how he's got an excuse to be drinking and she sympathizes it, but he needs to go clean up um, and she's going to fix him something to eat. And she has a leak. I'm like, oh, okay. She's making something delicious, probably. Probably. <laughs> that was my big observation in that. Like, oh, cool. I wonder what she's making with that. Um, and Bobby tells her, did I ever tell you you're a pain in the ass? She kisses him on the cheek and says, that's why you married me. <gasps> what? Bobby and Ellen are married? What the fuck? Oh, my God. This is amazing. Oh, my God. Isn't that the best relationship? Wouldn't you ship this? I love it. I love it. I'm like, oh. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I'm like mentally like rewinding, like what happened? Did we miss something? Did they skip past it? Is this some like, did, did they come, did they just decide to make them come back and they're going to explain it somehow later? What is going to happen? But nothing happens right now. They don't tell us shit. Nope. They just cut back to Sam and Dean. Yeah. And they're searching the creepy garage where the guy died. Um, nothing's happening on the EMF reader. So it's not a vengeful spirit probably. But they find this gold string on the floor. <clears throat> and that's real weird because why does a handyman have a gold string laying around in his garage? No, what's really weird is that you honed in on this piece of string that was lying on the ground in this pile of crap. In a dirty garage. <laughs> that's true, too. There's a pile of crap, and I see a string on the ground, and not like, ooh, string! Ooh, gold string. You're like, oh, it's a shitty piece of tinsel. I'm like, yeah, that's that exactly who thought yeah. it was tinsel. I kick that away and I go look at other <laughs> shit. True. Okay. But apparently Sam just is really attracted to it. But yes. also at this point, um, we can start to see this in this garage. While it may be disheveled, there was lots of labels on the drawers. And I appreciate that. I need to know what size nails are in what size thing. So good on you, sir, for, for at least labeling your nails. It, it was a fairly organized garage, as much as I was talking shit earlier. It, it's just a lot. It, and I get it, man. We, sometimes we have too much shit. Yeah. So they're going to go research. Dean's going to go talk to the next of kin. So he is sitting in an attorney's office. No, no, no. So uh, before you do this, so uh, oh. he thinks it has something to do with family. And he so oh so wisely states that accidents just don't happen accidentally. Oh, yes. And then he's like, wait. And he, he's like, he stands by it. He's like, yeah. Yep. And then I was like, how do they know? Like, how do they know who next of kin is? And I was like, well, maybe obituary. But I was like, you haven't looked at the family records yet. So how do you know? But, but then I was like, I don't know. Yeah. They, they seem to just find a lot of things out. Okay. I, I just assume they researched that and found out on the road. Anyways. So we cut to his office. Yeah. 
And we've got an attorney on the phone in a suit talking about courthouse steps and a deposition. And this is Sean Russo, attorney at law. He seems to do a lot of personal injury and similar cases. Which, not to disparage an entire job field, but there's kind of a perception and reputation of those types of attorneys. Well, especially when they have a pamphlet and like the pamphlet has things in it. And then I like it on my notes, just say lawyers, guns, because that's just the way it is. I think it's law guns. It's just like these, these billboards that are especially around. I saw them a lot in San Antonio this weekend. It was just like, I mean, yeah, it catches your eye, but I'm just like, law hammer, law hammer, things like that. Yeah. It's one of those guys. You're not the, not the one I want defending me. Probably not. Yeah. So Dean's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally from the university genealogy department. We want to talk about local families. So I do know your recent tragedies with your cousins, but he's an attorney. Has Sean Russo has no interest in talking to Dean. He's just rude. All. He's a rude, rude man. Very rude. Yes. And but Dean's like, well, is there anything noteworthy about your family? And he's like, I don't know. We're Italian. And then um, but Dean's line of questioning gets real awkward he's like anyone was killed or maimed in a war or something violent happened to them that could sully future generations did anyone own a slave have tied to the nazis or piss off a gypsy but the thing is is like if you're doing genealogy i'm not gonna lie those are probably the things you want to find like not necessarily that like your family owned a slave but like you know if you're doing genealogy research for somebody else like those are the oh did you like just like you the the big thing is not just like yeah. you know did you work in a shoe shine store like nobody cares about that right but they also keep doing this great zoom in on his face like every time Dean asks a question <laughs> he is like you know like he ties the Nazi party then it's just like zoom in on the what the fuck like <laughs> yeah what the fuck is is Russo's face says what the fuck through this entire scene pretty much and then he tells he's pissed wants a Dean to leave and Dean then follows up with your life is in danger <laughs> yes and it sounds very bad Dean is being very, very bad at this very bad very very bad russo thinks it's a threat and dean tries to reword and makes it sound worse until he gets kicked out yeah yeah so he's just thrown out bye bye and so you know sam is on the phone mm-hmm. uh dean tells him about the ass hat and a shiny suit that he just met um but sam's figured out that their grandparents emigrated from calabria in 1912 um, but it's just four generations of picket fence. It's nothing noteworthy about the family. So they're kind of stuck, but they're kind of, they're getting pieces. So we cut to a travel agency, EJ Smith travel agency. And wait, one more thing though. It's like, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, huh, like four generations of a big Italian family in Pennsylvania. Like, oh my God, their dinners had to be so good. I bet they know carbs really good. Uh, I think yeah, I'm just really hungry, where, and I'm like, mm, I think of that like it, like the buy like really good like bread and pasta. That's where my Italian family was in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, yep. Not not in Chester, but not in Chester, no, no. not in Chester. But they were in Pennsylvania. No, and they and they immigrated, and my grandmother pronounced basil basil basil. She had the little Italian. She had like the kind of like the high Italian lady accent, basil, and yeah. So there we go. That's my contribution to the Italian immigration story here. 
That's what I got. <laughs> uh, there I don't know. There we go. Um, so we've got a woman on a phone, and this poor woman is really trying to talk someone into booking a trip to Cuba and to stay at the uh, Trump Casino, and they have a wave pool for kids. It's um, supposed to be amazing. Yeah. And uh, while she's on the phone... They don't even know. <laughs> that while, they're, while she's on the phone, the scene freezes. And so we're like, like, I was like, what is happening? I'm froze. And we see a blonde woman enter the scene who's just kind of, I don't like to say, they say it later in the episode, librarian-y, but like, that's not really fair. What else do you call it, Diana? What do you call it? It's a stereotype. They have it stereotyped is. her as it's, a librarian. A I mean, technically, yeah, this right. is what a librarian looks like. It's true. So anyway, so she's libra stereotypical librarian. How about that? And um she gets the woman's keys out she of the She looks purse like you watch the magicians, under. right? Uh yes, she, she looks exactly like her. That's who it was. I couldn't that's figure how, it out. So the exact same uh, Alice. Alice, right? She has like Alice outfit like to a T. Like, which one came first? Yes. Alice or this episode? Because they're the same. That's tr so true. She looks just like Alice. I was trying to place it. Thank you. Yep. I, it just came to me too. Um, and now, so, but she drops the, takes the keys out of the purse and drops them under the copier, that, which is running behind her. And so this woman gets, gets <laughs> unfrozen and this, the blonde's gone. And I feel so bad. I'm like, oh, she's like, yeah, I saw the Shatner ads too, but there's no personal touch there. I'm like, oh shit, Priceline killing the travel agent. They are. And like, oh, is that what that was? I could, actually couldn't figure out the reference. I missed it in the things. But so, but I did love uh, her, her line before that was, if you like cigars, share or the circus, it's all about Havana. Yeah. <laughs> So she's trying to find, now she's off the phone. She's trying to figure out how to leave for the day and she can't find her keys. And then now we get her. Well, I also I called know. it another series of unfortunate events. It isn't. That's what I wanted to say. And I was trying not to, but yes, it is a series of unfortunate events where she sees them on the floor. She goes to grab them. A vase falls on the copier. So there's water. It crazily shorts out inaccurate. Um, but. Okay, I'm sure. Diana's like, I have actors. poured water all over copiers. They do not short out. No, they just stop working. <laughs> but uh, and she tries. She's trying to reach to power it off, and the scanner sucks her scarf in. Also, scanners are not that strong typically, <laughs> but it chokes her out. Terrible. She, the blonde lady walks in. She has a gold uh, fabric or gold bookmark in her book that she's carrying. That's a very satisfying bookmark, and I want it. And a piece of the tassel falls out as she's crossing a name off of the page, off of her list. And she has a very satisfying kind of like turn. She's a very, she feels very accomplished. You can tell. Like she's having I mean, like, like crossing something off a list feels good. I, I know. Uh, you're, well, we'll get to later why I like her. So, okay. <laughs> so she does her satisfying turn and she exit. Right. So, but then we mm -hmm. cut now to Sam and Dean going through a house. Yeah, and they're well. They're at the travel agency. Oh, was that the travel agency? Okay, yeah, I thought it was the, the house. Agency, whatever, yeah. it's dark. They have the flashlights. Office. Whatever. They have flashlights, uh, and basically they figure out first off, this is Anne Whitting that was the victim, not related to the Russo. Not a Russo. Not even related mm -hmm. to a Daniel Russo. Like she couldn't have been in the Karate Kid, like or nope. any like the sequels. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Um, 
Uh, and but they do find a gold string on the floor, so now they know it's connected. Oh, it's all about the string. Okay, so they go back to the motel to do more research and call Ellen. And she's and making tell dinner, her. and she's giving them lore. And I'm sorry, I have something in my eye. Yeah, she's cooking her soup with that super stew that involves leeks that I want the recipe for. And I'm thinking is, it's probably a chili based on what happens, but you know. Yeah, I was wondering that too, but I don't know. There's some soups. I, I've had beer I soups. put, you know, I put beer. Okay, we'll go on. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> so um, we. Um, they're telling her about the shiny string they keep finding and she's like i'm afraid of that we've been seeing so-called accidents nationwide there's been 75 so far and joe's working on a cluster in california sometimes they're relatives sometimes they're not um but they basically have a pile of bodies and a whole bunch of gold thread Ooh, that's not good so bobby's researching and the one thing that they have found is that the victim's family trees all emigrated in 1912. Okay, okay before that, no. So we've got, like, before this, Bobby takes it. We, we have to finish that because I had to talk about the soup. So Bobby opens a beer and she ta- and Ellen takes it from him. And yeah. she basically tells him that she is kicking his ass back to health and happiness. And I just think that is one, like, that's an amazing woman wife. Just to, like, I am kicking my husband's ass to make him to stop being such a sad schmuck and like do we supposed to i like it i love ellen and bobby i just love them me too okay now you can go back to the boat (laughs) yeah so all of these victims family trees trace back to immigration in 1912 on the same boat the titanic what's a titanic huh well ellen's never heard of it and dean's never heard of it so we now, as the viewer, know that something is up. Unless miss- they're just trying to be real funny on Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Something is totally up. <clears> hmm. <throat> and so this is when Ellen adds some of that beer to her soup. Yeah. So that's why I said it was chili. Because I was like, because I add beer to my chili all the time. But, you know, mm-hmm. like I made chicken like this week. Like I made fajitas in the Instapot. Mm-hmm. You need liquid. So I just poured beer in it. Um, but if I'm making like tortilla soup, like I'll pour beer in it. Yeah, I pour yeah. beer in a lot of soups when I think about it. Black bean soup. Yeah. Like there's a, like I do it. There's a pork kind of roast thing that's kind of like a stew. Like if I do, yeah. If I do pork, like a pork like shoulder, a pork, like pork a carnitas, like beer. I'll put beer. Yeah. I put beer in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Beer's good in food. It's also like I end up with that's a lot good. of beer because I don't drink a lot of it. And then like, it's like a beer sounds good. So I buy a six pack and then I end up with like this leftover beer. So, <laughs> so you're like, might as well use it. Yeah. So I just use it in my recipes. There you go. Uh, so Sam and Dean are researching and they figure out that, uh, it was the largest steamship in the world in 1912. It had a close call and almost hit an iceberg, but the first mate spotted it just in time. And who was the first mate? They find a photo. His name is Mr. I.P. Freely. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so dorky. And it is. Balti, Balti's back. Balti's back. Still, and it's now time for a summoning. Summoning, and they summon Balthazar, and he's there. He's like, "Yeah, I was gonna sink, and I saved it." Okay. And I'm still here in my t-shirt with my V-neck t-shirt and my blazer, with my chest Very hair just coming out for sure. And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, I was gonna bash into an iceberg and sink." And uh, it was all there was gonna be all this hoopla, so I saved it. 
And I saved it because I hated the movie. <laughs> Which is a funny conversation too, because they're like, what movie? He's like, exactly. It's just really, it's a very funny exchange. I know. And that Celine Dion song made him want to smite himself. And they're like, who's Celine Dion? And that's when he tells them it's a destitute lounge singer somewhere in Quebec and he's going to keep it that way. So I, I have a soft spot for Celine Dion. So. I, I, think I, and I think it was in Binge Watchers, Guide to Supernatural or something. Like, there is a tragedy right now. I'm missing my companion book. So that's why you see, hear me quoting a lot of Supernatural Wiki. I'm pretty mm. sure like I was wandering around reading the Supernatural book as I like I tend to do. I just walk around my house reading stuff and Diana knows this, which is why my house mm-hmm. is insane. And there are just books that I like leave like down. No, I don't have ADHD mm-hmm. or anything. Um, but I can't find the companion book right now. But anyways, in there, they said, like, oh, I really want to see that show. And me, too. I want to see the Celine Dion Destitute Lamb Singer singer in Quebec show. Just, like, sadly eating poutine. (laughs) Only if I can eat poutine, too. Um, Fuck yeah. Um, But the brothers are confused because our our Winter's brothers are like, oh, the fuck? I thought you couldn't change history. Balti's like, oh, there's no more rules now? Sorry. No more rules. (laughs) But time travel is now a thing oh fuck and now you realize like oh fucking hell time travel no rules this is going to be very complicated but sam explains that he has now butterfly affected things and like the kids 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 are all dying and whatever but balti does come back and does have enough pop culture reference to point out that there's still an ashton kutcher well because <laughs> yeah, dean says rule number one there's no kushner references and but apparently he's still a thing so we know that like, yeah. he's not gone titanic may be gone but not ashton mm-hmm. yeah and then they're like, and but he's like yeah you know there's still an ashton kutcher y- y- y'all stop the apocalypse you still stop the apocalypse it's just small details like now you don't drive an impala <gasps> Well, and then you say because there's no Impalas. And so I'm like, does that include, like, Impalas? And if you were not watching this on YouTube, I'm making a little Impala. Like, Finger jump noise. The jump thing. So you li- well, I'm making the post- deer thing. I mean, Impalas would have existed before that, unless they're extinct. Well, that's what I'm like. I don't know. Like, did we, like, do we extingu- extinguish the Impalas or the car line? I don't know. You're going to make it clear. Well, Baldi's still just, like, this doesn't think any of this is important it's like look at the positives ellen and joe are alive they were supposed to be dead what but i saved the boat and yeah, sam and dean are like what they're like what yeah sam and dean are like what ellen and joe were dead and he's like yeah you know i saved the boat it led to other things and you know whatever there's so, one less billy zane movie and yeah and uh long story short ellen and joe don't die in a massive explosion that well, was a sad comment about Billy Zane. I love Billy Zane. Anyways, I was just trying to. It was. I was like just thinking. I'm like, has Billy Zane ever done a movie where I really actually did enjoy it? Anyway, so Sam points out that the descendants of all these survivors are being killed, and that's yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um. 
And they're like, yeah, it's like 50,000 people. They they quote this number a lot. So I assume they did the math at some point. And I'm a little like, I was See, like, again, when this is why I missed, I bet it's in my companion book. Uh, they, I they mean, didn't do the math. They say, it's, they just suddenly say, Sam suddenly say, that's like, that's like 50,000 people. Sam says it here. And then after that, they quote After 50, that, it's just supernatural math like and we're fact. done. Okay. That is the fact. Yeah. Now, like those descendants that died on the Titanic after they're fucking and spreading out would make 50,000 people approximately 99 years later yeah and so dean's like well we got to save as many as we can um so we need to know what's what's after them but balthazar don't give a fuck i don't care (laughs) no fucks given he finishes his drink and flaps out i I originally he stole their whiskey drank it and then just like fucks off yeah i got you man i like you i see you i feel you (laughs) <laughs> all right uh so we cut back to bobby's but it's not just bobby's you'll notice the sign says b and e scrapyard which is cute because it's like bobby and oh, ellen yeah. but it's also like breaking and entering it is, it is funny. so it's like crime oh mm-hmm. so um they're explaining that look balthazar unsunk this boat 50 people, 50,000 people who shouldn't have been born have been born now. And uh, Bobby's like, oh, yeah, this all tracks. We're up against fate. Duh. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, wait, what? And then Sam's what? just like the fates in Greek mythology. And he's just like, nerd. And I'm like, yeah, because I would have said the mm-hmm. same thing. Nerd. And so, well, actually, they, I probably would have called Sam a nerd, but I also would have said that. Oh, you mean like the like fates like from Greek mythology? And then I would have like got into like a very sad thing about what the fates mean, which I may do later. Whatever. Okay, so moving on. Um, so basically, Bobby's explaining. Yeah, one spins out, you know, on a string of gold. The other one writes it down, and they're day runner of death. <laughs> so um, Sam's like, well, how do we stop it? And Bobby's like, look, easiest thing would be just to resync the boat. And Dean's like, hard line against. Oh, you do that, but he. So finally, they have to tell Bobby about what that would mean, and that is that Ellen and Joe would be dead. Yeah, and so Bobby is emphatically on the side of not sinking the boat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> He's like, look, we got to figure it out. Um. And they show a really cute picture of him and Ellen in front of their sign. Yeah. And Dean's just like, man, he's bad enough with her. Can you imagine how he'd be if she was gone? Oh. 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 So Sam and Dean have to figure out how to save 50,000 people. And they have no idea how to do it, but at least they know one person. So they're going to try to save the one they can, which is the good old uh, ass hat in a shiny suit, Sean Russo. Mm. Let's go save him. So they're, they try to, they approach him as he's leaving. It's daylight. He's leaving his office on the phone. They're trying to like run up on him and he does not even notice them or he's ignoring them, but I don't think he notices them. But also you can, they're, they're not approaching this well. They're not handling Russo well at all. And no, no wonder, Mm -hmm. like he does not like them, but he's also Mm -hmm. an asshole. Yeah. 
Well, as Russo's walking, continue going to walk away from well, them on like, the Even phone. the beginning, like, he was helping an injured man out of the courtroom. Like, the first yeah. thing you see, and there's a guy who's got, like, a fake, like, neck collar on. <laughs> and and as he's walking, we do get a cutscene to a van being driven somewhat erratically by a guy who's having a hard time drinking coffee while driving down an alley. And... Also feel it this appears man. that he's. Huh? <laughs> I also feel this man. <laughs> Hard to drink coffee while driving, especially if it's hot. Like you know, then you're like, oh shit! Like and you know, like you want to wait, but you just really want the coffee, and then you're just like, I'm just gonna drink. Damn it! And then it's hot, and then you've got hot coffee on your. So- yeah, I get it. I drink coffee on the way to work every day. <laughs> And you make the coffee at home. You're not picking it up from a drive-thru, which is a very... You can control the temperature at home. That's true. It's very I different. I let it cool down. I'm, I have my system where I let it pour it and let it sit before See, I See, exactly. It. So, anyways, the the coffee spills, you can... The, our, Sam and Dean are yelling for Russo to stop. Finally, he does, and he almost gets hit by this truck, but they pull him out of the way at the last second. So they think they've succeeded, even though he is not appreciative. He's a super at jerk. All. Super jerk. Super jerk about it. Threatens to sue them, and then steps out in the street and gets Regina George. <laughs> he does, and it's just. But also, it's just a lot of blood. Regina George oh is definitely not going to have this kind of amount of blood. blood. No, she because she, she didn't actually die. She, what? I just thought it was funny. You're spoiled, Mean Girls. Regina George didn't yes. die. What? I know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like an explosion of blood. It's like somebody threw a blood-filled balloon. It's <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. So Sean Russo dead. He is. And Dean's highly amused by the fact that Russo's Justice Matters poster was on the bus that hit him. I am also yes. amused by this. Sam says it's too soon. And, yes, two, six seconds is too soon for this to be funny. But it's not. <laughs> It's just not. But while this is happening, Sam sees a blonde woman in the window of the un- not yet open business across the street. So some business is getting set up to open, but didn't open yet. And well, he's like, in the script, uh, they called it an abandoned restaurant. So I said coming soon. On this, oh, that makes more sense than abandoned restaurant. Yeah, I get because it. There's like brand new equipment. And yeah, like, like I get it. So. Yeah. Anyway, so <clears throat> they're like, hey, it looks kind of like a librarian. And Dean's like, cool, let's go. Um, no, Dean's like, like, what kind of librarian? And I was going to try to skip it. <laughs> I know you were, but we're no, we're not letting him off the hook. And he's like, you know, like my kind of librarian or your kind of librarian. And then Sam's just like, well, she had clothes on. And, <laughs> but I'm like, well, librarians, like what? So Dean's like thinking like naked librarians, like what? Well, okay. Hey, what? Yeah, it's real, it was weird. So Dean's like, cool, let's go confront her. We're going to go talk. And with his pistol. Maybe with a gun. Yeah. You know. And uh, so they're searching and they we get cut to and shows us several times that the clock is ticking the seconds away. And as they're searching with their flashlights, the um, the clock and everything freezes. And we see hands frantically turning on the gas to everything. And I'm just going to say, this is an absurd amount of stoves for any restaurant. <laughs> just like turning on the knobs on like 
30 goddamn burners like what the fuck what are they making it's here? so gonna chow or something i don't know <laughs> it's so weird Ooh, and then just some open sword. gas pumps. i'm going to vegas in like two days and i've already been like okay we're this time like we're hitting a buffet and i want a steak and then my friend was like do you like have anything in mind i'm like no like we're just gonna go and like i'm just gonna i want a buffet with Find crab legs because oh that's another story <laughs> your crown of legs um all right uh yeah so um <laughs> that was just a lot of burners i was like kind of like it was it was it was it was a little, a little it was strange. excessive and then there's two random gas pipes that don't go to anything that just have knobs to open them well, up it hasn't opened like, yet right so they haven't passed their inspection or something i don't know I but the, the place is visibly filling with gas and time and freezes right. And, of course, right then, Dean's flashlight burns out. So he pulls out his Zippo. And he's trying to light it. And he's trying to light it. And then right as they push open the swinging doors to the actual kitchen, it sparks. And massive fireball. And then all of a sudden, Sam and Dean are with Castiel in the woods. In Russia, apparently. Yeah. And this is also where I'm just like, man, I bet in the companion book they talk about what happened with this fireball. Because this has to be like a cool lake story somewhere. So if you know of a story, you know, slide into my DMs and tell me. I don't know what happened. Like how the fireball, what was the fireball CGI? Did like, they do it? Like, because you know it was cool. It was a cool effect. Well, Dean asks Castiel right away, do you know what Balthazar did? And Castiel is aware. And basically, you know, if if fate's busy going after the boat people, why why is it also trying to kill Sam and Dean now? And, and also, so Kalsa's booped them away, and where he has booped them to is called White Russia, and which is technically Belarus, which was today I was this year's old when I learned that uh, White Russia was not just a drink that, you know, I sometimes enjoyed and that the dude liked. But he informs them, he said, I imagine she harbors a certain degree of rage towards you, <laughs> which I think is a really funny way of saying that she fucking hates you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but basically by averting the apocalypse, fate was rendered obsolete. And I don't really get that, but okay. And apparently she's irritated about it and won't stop until you're done. Yeah. It, somebody had free will. So what does fate matter? If somebody can just avert what oh, fate is true. supposed to be, what's the purpose of fate? Yeah. Okay, I get that. And so, basically, they do have to kill her. And so, good news, Balthazar has a weapon that will work. Yay! But I do like one exchange. Dean's like, you need new friends. And Cassiel's like, I'm trying to save the ones I have. Mm, but it's just like you know sometimes in relationships you just have this fight right and you have to tell your boyfriend that you need to get a new set of friends and he's just like look man like you're my friends too and i've got to save you Uh, so they also decide like to take you know draw fate out they have to attempt fate Ah, we're tempting fate (laughs) yeah so we get to bobby's house and there's alan again and she's on the phone with Joe. There's a bunch of more dead people on the West Coast. Um, and you can see that Bobby's real emotional watching her on the phone. Uh, so um, Ellen and, and Bobby decide to talk. And he's like, she's like, look, we can't stop fate. And the cleanest fix on this is to just sink the boat. 
But Bobby's real upset. He's like, yeah, but people, there's people, so many people affected that were loved and they'll be missed. And she's finally like, hold on. I'm going to beat it out of you. Or you're going to tell me because something's up. Because she's an amazing woman. And if her husband's lying to her, she's just going to beat the truth out of him. That's what you do. That's what she do. <sighs> and so he obviously tells her while they sit and drink some whiskey. But she, her first, so obviously he's told her and her comment is not just me, but Joe too. Mm-hmm. And she said, if it was, if it was meant to be, then whatever happens, happens, which seems like a pairing of very lame statements. Bobby gets very emotional and he tells her that they need her, especially him. And then I'm just like, damn, man, what keeps getting in my eye? I know. It's very sad. So sad. So back in Chester, we've got Sam and Dean walking around trying to tempt fate. By acting natural and not. And so uh, the cool thing, though, is we've got One Way or Another by Blondie playing. So, yep, they shelled out the money for this one. We're very happy about this. Correct. And they are not good at acting natural and trying to tempt fate walking around. Because, first of all, it doesn't work. But also, they look so scared the whole time. And it's very funny. Well, because also, but, like, the things that are happening around them are not, not, not good. No. They almost get hit by by some guy, like run into by some guy. They got a skateboarder almost hit them. They've got dogs barking and growling at them. There's street performers juggling hatchets and knives. And fire. And then fire. And um, uh, there's a construction worker with a nail gun. And then right when they were like confused that nothing's happened yet, a giant HVAC unit is falling off of the roof towards them. Uh-oh. And yeah, we do the... Uh, freeze frame right there and what was really clever in this is if, when they show the hvac you can see their reflection of their faces in the metal on it i was like oh yeah that's well done i appreciate that's that well done. Yes. real close to their faces <clears throat> and so who is there castiel and atropos and now we know her name atropos but and uh, he's like, he tries to compliment her. And she says, I look like stomped over crap because of you. And then but- Cass says the worst thing you can ever say to a boss bitch when you fuck up her job. He tells her to not get emotional. And I literally like I can feel her rage as I felt her rage. And I just wanted to crawl through her skin and grab his fucking head and smash it. Because you know what she did? You fucked up her job, dude. That's what she did. She's just trying to get shit done. And you done fucked it up. Mm-mm. And she's done. She's done with their shit cast. Hmm. Because he and her, the uh, circus clowns, a.k.a. Sam and Dean, uh, ruined her life. She had a script. She's good at her job. But they have the prize fight throughout the book. And Sam, Cassie was like, but it was for freedom. She's like, this is chaos. And yeah, she needs to know what happens next. That's what she does. God's like, sorry, but that's just not really your services aren't required anymore. So that's a that's the gentle firing. Mm. Mm. But she's like, nah, Titanic was the last straw. 
I don't buy Balthazar's movie story. I think that you sent him back for the souls. <gasps> 50,000 new souls for the war. Oh, no. This has got a dark turn. Yes, also, but she is now clearly picked up on Diana's. This is now 50,000. But then mm-hmm. she yells at him. It's all about the souls. And you just and you can't, can't just mint, mint money, money Castiel. You just oh, can't can mint money. You just like, can't. Okay. can't. I mean, can't you? <laughs> Don't we do that? All we do. That's all we do is we might. We I'm like, can, can she? Can, can, can we? Atropos goes to Washington. <laughs> you can't mint money. I'm like, right. that's cool. I'm just going to make up my own other okay. money now. Now I have new money. It's called new cryptocurrency. Money. Would you like some money, Atropos? And she's like, <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> None of it's real. Okay. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't think that was the intent of this line, by the way. They didn't even know. They didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry. It just it tickled me. Tickled me to death. <laughs> um, all right. So also maybe you want to throw up a little bit, but that's okay. A little bit of both, you know? but she's like look this is wrong and dangerous i'm not gonna let you get away with this you need to go back and sink the boat or i'm gonna kill sam and dean your two favorite pets Hmm. okay um but she's like hey you know if you kill me i've got two bigger sisters who will have a might make that'll make sam and dean their number one targets and it'll be straight up vengeance so don't come after me to try to get around this um you know you're so busy with this war but fate strikes when you least expect it okay so we get that cliche there but at this point i think we need to talk about the fates because she drops some stuff here that doesn't get explained she just says she's got yeah. some big sisters and eh, mm-hmm. maybe i don't actually she doesn't she's got little sisters sort of so let's talk about some lore <laughs> mini because we we're already running really late all right, all right, so in Greek mythology, the fates are actually kind of have more power than gods. They're often known as the Morai, M-O-R-A-I, and that means share or portion. And typically you're seen as basically this trinity of goddesses. You know, sometimes it's maiden, mother, crone. Sometimes right. they're all crone. They do not share an eyeball. Thank you, Disney, for fucking that one up. Those were the Gray sisters. I don't, you know, oh no, like Disney just made up stuff. Uh, what? But it's also like that, like mythology wasn't needed to begin with. Anyways, so within most of the mythology, the Greek mythology of it, when a ba- there's three sisters, and so it's when a baby is born, you get Clotho. And this K L O T H O or with the C L. Sometimes she's clothed with the K and sometimes she's clothed with the C. And so she's the spinner. And basically she spins a, the person's fate or whatever's fate. Like on, it could be a god or whatever. And she spins that on her loom and she's got the book of fate. And so she decides when someone's going to be born and what their circumstances of their birth is. And she's often portrayed as a maiden. And there's a relief on her on a lamppost outside the U.S. Supreme Court. Yikes. 
Okay, so the second one is Lachesis, and she is uh, basically she determines how long someone's going to be alive, and she gets a staff and a globe that she uses to chart people's faith on. She's often kind of the mother, so mm -hmm. she also determines the destiny of a person. So she also sometimes has conversations with souls of the dead. Like, so she'll be down in Hades and be like, hey, you're going to come back? What do you want to come back as? Like, do you want to be like a human? Do you want to be like a chipmunk, platypus? Like, and you get to choose. I mean, I would like probably be like, yeah, coming back as a platypus would be pretty rad. You know, that'd be a pretty cool thing. Maybe a sloth, you know? Um, so, and the last one we get is Atropos or Atropos. Uh, she is the inflexible. She chooses a time of death. And she's the one who's got the scissors, so she snips the, the thread of fate. Mm -hmm. uh, she's usually the crone and sometimes kind of bitter, you know, so we can see that in here. Uh, there are versions of the fates in just almost like, I want to say almost every culture, but it's not, but like a lot of other cultures, right? So right. in Norse mythology, you have the Norns, they weave fates, and they're also like a lot of times they're weavers too, right? And usually they're being depicted as this triple goddess. So part of that, you know, is just one, you know, bitches rule. And, but, you know, it's just, you know, this thread of, you know, that different, that sort of mythology that goes through around the world. And I think it's cool, right? Uh, so, of course, the Romans had a version because they stole everything from the Greeks and those were called, you know, the Parkai. Uh, Slavic mythology has the, I don't know, we're both Slavic and neither of us could say this. This is like the Sudice. S-U-D-I-C-E is not like weird Slavic you know, in a lot of case or Sudice. Uh Celts, obviously we have obviously, but obviously to me. Um <laughs> we have the Morrigan. Uh she's not always a triple goddess, but usually has three aspects that represents fate, battle, and prophecy. We've got the Baltic Lema. Um, and also, while this one's not a triple goddess, she is currently my new favorite on the Korean island of Jeju. Oh, damn it. I had all these pronunciations and now it's all gone. Uh, within their shamanic... Sh 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 I can't even say shamanic anymore. Shamanic? So, shame, like shaman. Shamans. You know, shamanic. Yeah. Shamanic? Shamanic. Shaman. Shamanamana. I don't know. Phenomena. Um, so uh there is Damn it, I had her name earlier. Common Joggy. Oh, I can't say it. Uh we'll put the spelling up. I'm not gonna but there's a Korean goddess. Um and she's a goddess of fate, luck, and destiny. Her parents kicked her out for being too cocky. She turned her asshole sisters into a centipede and a mushroom. And then she became a goddess for outsiders and weirdos. And now I love her and her island, which is kind of like like her that island is kind of like the Hawaii of uh of Korea. So it's really cool. Okay. It's like covered in like there's like waterfalls and all these like pretty things, and there's all these shamans, and this is that's a place where they have like if you've ever seen uh the old lady divers like who wear the scuba suits and they're like oh, yeah. yeah that's where the that's where they are there's like all these women really? that are like in their like like in their 60s and 70s and they're freaking diving for shit and i love it and they're also like the women are shamans too uh i love that this is what i learned when i researched stuff in the face today anyway, that was our mini lore mini that's cool i'll let my small additional little note is uh so whenever i i talk about the fate specifically like i don't know some of these things i brought up before there's a series by Piers anthony whose books i really enjoyed um 
and uh, uh, with with what is it? With a tangled scheme is the one about fate. Mm. It's a series that's all about the the different um, personifications. So you've got like death, war, you know, all the things, and so we've got fate. And there, in his version, his fantasy novel, it is the it is the Clotho, um, the Casey's, and Atropos. I can't even say it now. So Anyways. now you're saying Atropos, Atropos, whatever. Atropos, and they all inhabit one body, but it's like they they recruit humans to be like okay so so and so is retiring and you can come in and be like this one now it's kind of cool anyways it's an interesting concept yeah. I got. and skiing is right. yarn if you didn't know yes so they but they're really big on the tapestry visual it's like, tapestry the, yeah <laughs> thing. life is a tapestry <sighs> so yeah. Let's cut back As, to you. So in case I've, I I know we were trying to take Diane out. So Cass stops Balthazar from popping from in and killing him. her. Yeah, because he just showed up and he's got a real shiny knife in his hand. He's about to stab her in the back. I also like when he stops. He's basically, he's, he's just like, making this very happy face. And he's just like, ha Gleeful, like, like ha And then he's like, well, shit. Uh, so he's, he's like, awkward. Very funny. Um, but so she's like, look. Castiel, you got to get set things right, or I'm going to push Sam and Dean off a cliff, just on principle. So Balthazar is like, oh, can I remove that stick from your ass? But he doesn't say it, but he basically says that. Well, he just says stick. And then she's just like, mm. you know, also, like, stop fucking up her job. You're fucking up a bitch's job. Like, we get pissed off when you do that. Saying. Yeah. So he's like, all right, I'll, let's go sink the Titanic. And we get kind of like a weird, like, I don't know, like a fizzle effect on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then the HVAC unit hits the ground, but does not land on Sam and Dean. Nope. Hmm. So we've got Sam and Dean asleep in baby. What? With Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On God blaring. Dude. Yeah, it's never getting out of your head. You're stuck with this forever. <gasps> And uh, Dean wakes up and turns it off to get out. And they're at Bobby's now. They're just out in the salvaged area. And Sam wakes up and gets out. He's like, I had the weirdest dream. And Dean's like, mine was weirder. And, and neither of them were like, why are we sleeping in this car in the junkyard? <laughs> listening to Celine Dion. <laughs> and they realize that they had the same dream. So Castiel appears and is like, yeah, no, it wasn't a dream. I had to make him, I had to make Balti go back, undo what he did to keep y'all safe. And Sam, and so Sam's like, so you killed 50,000 people for us? Um, he's like, well, they were never born. It's far different than being killed. Which is fair, but it's still kind of dark. It's so dark, but it's so weird. The fuck is going on? This is very weird. And Ellen and Joe are gone. They are. Sorry. So Dean's trying to process that that timeline got erased, but at the same time, Sam and Dean can remember it because Cassiel wants them to remember. He wants them to know what faith really is. Cruel and capricious. She's a cold, capricious bitch. And so, yeah. But Cassiel thinks that freedom is worth fighting for, and he wants them to mm -hmm. understand. It's all about the freedom and the souls. But then Dean's like, so Baltazar really, un, you know, unwound that sweater for over a chick flick? And Cassiel lies and says, yes. <gasps> Uh-oh. 
Cass is lying. But Dean thinks it's okay. And that Titanic was okay because she got to see Kate Winslet's boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we show Bobby asleep. Mm-hmm. And Sam alone in his musty apart or house again. It's kind of dusty looking again. Sam and Dean are watching him. And they're like, well, you know, at least he doesn't know basically that what he missed out on. And Dean covers him with a blanket. And then we cut back to the same picture we saw earlier. The same same setting of it where it was uh, Bobby and Ellen with the sign. But now it's just back to being Bobby by himself. This is a very sad photograph, and I have stupid things in my eyes. Why would you take this it photograph? Was, it's very sad. It was very sad. Uh, well, take a picture in front of your sign. It's all right. right. So let's cover some things before we get to uh, – we've got some casting calls and stuff. Before we get to that, just want to go over some – Some there are obviously a ton of Easter eggs in this. So this is all based on what was in SupernaturalWiki.com is where I got a lot of this list from. So what did we catch? What did we miss? Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously Titanic was never made. It's a pretty obvious one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the their baby doesn't exist. We've got a Mustang, mm-hmm. but the license plate was a KAZ two Y five, which was the original. Sienna cursed me by talking about burping at the early part of the show, and now it's Oops. just coming back to haunt me. Sorry. Uh, oh, so okay. So the original license plate KZ two Y two Y five was the original plate for the Impala, but in this world oh. there are no Impalas. Uh, oh. Clearly, Ellen and Joe are alive. Ellen oh. and Bobby are married. Uh, in the salvage yard becomes B and E scrap yard. So I think we've got all of these. When one that Van Diana flew by, uh, rock paper scissors. So we've known in the past that Sam always loses because Dean plays scissors and Mm. Dean still played scissors, but Sam lost. So that was one little thing. Uh, Cuba is a resort destination and also Detroit is America's top city. Yeah, (laughs) that was I noticed the sign. I forgot to point that out. That was Uh, possibly because of the white Russia thing. Uh, that could be a sign that maybe the Soviet Union never occurred because it wasn't Mm. called Belarus, it was called White Russia. That's true, true. And the last is uh, Celine Dion is a destitute lounge singer, which unfortunately, which is a hilarious line. All right, this episode, though, also in addition to that, those Easter eggs was also full of Titanic references. So I have a couple of questions. I just want to see if Diana knows the answers and see if you guys know the answers to these. All right, so. The stupid song is stuck in my head. My heart must go on. It was originally released in 1997. It won mm-hmm. a buttload of awards, including Correct. Grammys and the Oscar for Song of the Year. It did not, however, win Song of the Year at the critically acclaimed MTV Movie Awards in 1998. Which of these movies did? Was it Men in Black by Will Smith from the film Men in Black? I believe I can fly by R. Kelly from the film Space Jam. Space Jam. Yeah, was I it? They're just leaving that there. Was it number three, How Do I Live by Trisha Yearwood from the film Con Air? Or was it 
Journey to the Past by Aaliyah from the film yeah. Anastasia. Aaliyah and R. Kelly were nominated in the same year for the Okay, anyway, so what was the song actually won? I am torn. Um, I, I'm going to go with I Believe I Can Fly. Oh, man, you went with R. Kelly? <laughs> it was actually, I mean, no, it was Men in Black. It was actually Men in Black. Yeah, that was my first choice. That was my second choice. I was going back and forth. When you first said it, I'm like, oh, it's Men in Black. And then you said that one. I was like, oh, shit. Well, because that was the MTV was... Movie Awards. I did not yeah. look it up, but I remember those. Like, I think that was a big thing, right? Didn't he have, like, huge. the huge dance production, like, of all, oh, yeah. like, I think that remember like, being really big. Men in Black. Yeah. Yeah, the whole thing. But yeah, just the R. Kelly and Aaliyah thing. I'm like, oh shit. Mm. <gasps> Y'all didn't even know. You didn't even know. Mm. All right. Mm. <laughs> this episode aired on April 15th. What else happened on April 15th? Was that was that the same day that the Titanic sank? That is right. That is the day that the Titanic sank. This That's was funny. actually the 99th anniversary, which is why wow. I dropped that earlier. This was the 99th anniversary of its sinking, April 15th, 1912. All right. And so the picture of the officers, the RMS at Titanic, where Balti is first mate, IP Freely. Was that real? No. It was. They really just photoshopped him in there. That was a real picture. And last question for Miss Bit: What did Ellen pull out of her grocery bag? That was also a Titanic reference. A leak. It was because it had a leak. Ah! <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. And there's a couple love other it. like references that were too specific to become a trivia question. Uh, so again, from Wikipedia, uh, Supernatural Wiki, uh, Sam uses a Wikipedia-like site called Marconi Pages that was Ooh. named after Guglielmo Marconi, the inventor of radio. The radio operators on the <laughs> Titanic were employed by his company, yeah. and so later on, the British Postmaster General said. Those who have been saved have been saved through one man, Mr. Marconi, and his marvelous yeah. invention. Huh. Also, oddly, because of this, this is why we have 911, or Brit Britain got 999 because of the Titanic sinking. I learned that today, too. Just not about it. This is a very random thing I learned. Huh. Thank you, Simulation. Uh, from um, In the Supernatural Companion Season 6, which proves that if I had this book, I would know so much more. Everyone is drinking Astor Cola, and that was named after the businessman John Astor, who died on the Titanic. Oh. And that was it. So it was the other Titanic. All right. So that was all the, like, there was a ton of shit. I just, I had yeah. to call all that stuff out because it was crazy was how much they shoved into this. Yeah. All right. That's a lot. Okay. Casting couch. Casting couch. It's the casting couch. Were they on that show that time with that guy? La 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 la. We're gonna yes. do it. We're gonna get through this. All right. Yeah. So we have a, just a hand, just a few people that we haven't seen before that we've got here. So. Uh, Fate, Atropos, was played by Katie Walder. And, um, let's see. And she doesn't have a massive, um, uh, resume, but a few things you may have seen her on. She was Janet on Gilmore Girls. 
Um, she, she was in a couple episodes of The New Girl as Cheryl. Uh, she was Shannon on How I Met Your Mother and in a couple episodes of Mad Men. Um, not, not a lot, but a couple. So uh, Sean Russo, our attorney, um, he was played by Jason Schoenberg. And you saw him, he, he's been in a lot of things, um, single episodes of X-Files, Matlock, New Adams Family, Matlock. Uh, Smallville, Arrow, Hell on Wheels, iZombie, um, who's regular on as uh, Ronnie on The Commish, uh, Stargate SG-1. He was in a handful of episodes as Dr. Rothman. Um, he was uh, in a TV show called Tin Man. Um, and he had small roles in the movies, uh, Fantastic Four, Two for the Money, Watchmen, and A-Team. Plus, you may see him in some Hallmark movies as well, Hallmark Christmas films specifically. That's quite a list, yeah. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Mr. Russo. So this is the gentleman who dies in the garage. Is played by Andrew Caradas. Um, he was in a couple episodes of 21 Jump Street, MacGyver, Highlander, Stargate SG-1, and the Police Academy series. Single other episodes of Poltergeist the Legacy, True Justice, Once Upon a Time, Arrow. He also got really into voice work, so he's so you wouldn't have seen him, huh? ah. but you may have heard, heard him. Um, he was King Arthur on King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, which was a older cartoon okay um, um shit. i'm the, like i did not know that was a thing so okay yeah um new adventures of madeline if you remember madeline madeline is that a cookie the cartoon. oh it's the, the the little girl that was a yeah. children's book uh ninja turtles the next mutation in the late 90s he was one of the voices uh and then he got into anime so dragon ball z2 uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, um, and a lot of other anime, fil- uh, anime films and shows, uh, kind of a variety of characters on those. And then Lego Jurassic World, he was like a bunch of voices for. Uh, as far as films go, he was the Norseman in The 13th Warrior, Celine's father in Underworld Evolution, and um, he was a reoccurring character uh, on, a t- on the TV show iZombie as General Glenn Mills. And on last to note in this episode, Anne Whitting, our travel agent, was played by Jill Morrison. And the most important credit to her, and they list it first, and uh, God bless her, was Crying Girl in Mean Girls. Aww. And you can picture so, that, can't you? Can you picture which uh, one she is? Yes, I can. In the hallway? Yeah, you know, in the hallway, yes. you know which one she is. Yes, exactly. I can see it. Uh, she's been in single, she was in a single episodes of 4400, Smallville, Hellcats, Fringe, a uh, series of unfortunate events, funny yeah. enough, which by the way, we now have a Mean Girls reference and a series of unfortunate events reference, and she was in both. There we go. Um, Thank you, simulation. <laughs> so, we all got it. I, I just thought that was hilarious. Van Helsing, she's in a couple episodes of iZombie also. Um, she's also had a lot of small roles in quite a few films though. Um, she was a mom in tooth fairy she was on the bridge crew in the movie 2012 which funny enough came out in 2009 about the world ending in 2012 i just was processing that as i was reading about it um she was an ad <sighs> agency ex- uh, oh it is the, the simulation uh she was an ad agency exec in step up all in um she was a um a background character in big eyes 
She was also uh, Dorothy in To All the Boys, P.S. I Love You, I Still Love You. Um, she's been in several Hallmark uh, Christmas films, and and they also have a movie series uh, called Sign Seal Delivered, and she's consistently been in all of those. Plus, she was Joe in Reba McIntyre's The Hammer. What? There we go. The Hammer. It's like an hour and a half long film. Oh, God. Films are movie? Maybe yeah. that'll be available for viewing in my plane because I'm flying southwest. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the movies they had bought. <sighs> so, yeah. How, well, yeah, that was actually a lot for those four little people. It was. It was. That's why I was just like, oh. Okay. You ready? You ready to talk? Yeah. I mean, like, we kind of started off with this, and I'll just stand by what I said. This was a really fun episode and really fucking sad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it just, man, I I love Bobby and Ellen as a couple. Yeah. It sucks when they, like, present, like, this could have been a possible outcome for these characters. But fuck you. Like, oh my God, yes, they should have been a couple. Why is it? And also, like, I feel like season six, like, as much as you complain, like, Jim Beaver needs a goddamn Emmy for this season. Like, like, if you watch Diana, because her Netflix missed the part of the recap was also, besides the worm, was Bobby doing his acting, like, as he was possessed by the thing that the evening oh yeah so we have mm-hmm. like that episode like he's all like eh, i'm possessed by a worm and then like this episode he's like i'm in love with ellen and i'm still a mess and she's helped me <gasps> oh, just, yeah. it's heartbreaking it's fucking heartbreaking yeah and also it the is. fact that joe didn't come back i assume again it's probably in my book I bet you anything. It's in that book. It tells me exactly why. I'll find it. When I'm moving in a few weeks, and I guarantee you'll find it at some point. <laughs> like, I don't know where it is. It's going to be someplace really stupid. Well, but. yeah, I think, I think, that, like, you know, I think the the concept of Titanic was a super interesting theme to go with. It the was so brilliant. Reason. It was fucking brilliant. Like, really the is. whole idea was. And it's the butterfly effect, kind of, which not just to say that, but like that kind of impact and that button also weighing the lives. But are they actually, if you actually go back and undo it, are you actually killing them? Are they just never born? And like all the stuff. Like, it's really kind of, it's a really fascinating concept. Gold star to the storyline concept. Well, gold I mean, star to the Titanic part, especially because so the movie. You have these souls that are created. Hmm. And then they're taken away. Uh, Do they like? I don't know. There's a very philosophical thing, right? Like so, but but they don't exist in that timeline, though. No, no, they were certain. They never time, time travel is stupid. Time travel is stupid. Um, but I think like the souls as currency for the angel, the you know the war is gross and sad, and also now. Cass is lying to them. Mm. <clears throat> you know, you can't lie to your partner, Cass. You just can't. Like, mm. honesty is the foundation of any good relationship. And I think we're seeing problems with you and Dean right now. I think we can see this. Like, you're just not talking. You're not telling each other the truth. You're just leaving things out. And it's just, it's not healthy. It's sure. Not- it's not. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be withholding or lying like that. Because he doesn't just withhold. He straight up lies. Yeah, he straight up lies. And so that obviously is points us that something else is going on. But, you know, mm-hmm. so also this was episode 17 
of season six, mm-hmm. which also what the fuck is the theme of season six? Have you even figured it out yet? No. Yeah, I know. Like, you haven't figured it out because it's fucking season six. And this is one of the things <laughs> I don't like about it. In seven, episode 17, what the fuck is the theme? No idea. Besides, Straight like, say, well, we've got like Sam battling like his like his wall, right? But this episode, he seemed fine. They didn't even mention it. He didn't even come totally up. Fine. Did not come up at all. <sighs> Season six. Very confusing. It seems a little disjointed. Yeah, yeah. But again, like the problem is, is like this episode is still brilliant. This it is. is. Still, I'm like, not the mad at it. It's just weird. Behind it is fucking amazing. It's so it's well good. written. It's hilarious. It's clever. Yeah. It just you yeah. know it's and but still at the same time you're like what the fuck just happened? Why why did we watch this? Like what? Like this has yeah. to mean. It's just like a reset right? back to zero. It, it meant nothing other than now we know that all we know now. Like if you if basically this episode undid itself. So the only thing that it's added to the conversation is now we know that that Castiel is lying to them, and he tried to mint souls basically to use in the war. Yeah. So like all we know is that Cass is into crypto. And when someone <laughs> starts getting into crypto, like you just can't talk to them anymore. <laughs> They're no longer your friends. Oh All right. God. So on that note, I think is there anything else you want to add? No, that's it. All right. <laughs> I think with that. Cheers, Dirk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a don't get a production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.